The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Don't you hate that when the sneeze goes away? Mm-hmm. Looks like. Oh, son of a... Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and more life in the Q-Zone here as we wind down this very memorable year of 2020. I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. On this week's show, uh, we have some news uh, that has happened uh, in the past week or so, and uh, we're also going to talk about some geek topics, I believe Star Wars, and what we thought of The Mandalorian, and also that huge list of announcements that Disney Plus made uh, the other week of all the projects that they're going to be bringing forth between now and 2023. So, And uh, in this later section, uh, I believe we, we might be doing some spoiling of The Mandalorian. Uh, Kaiser, uh, would you say that we are probably going to spoil Oh, we're going to spoil it good. It's going to be rancid. Yeah, so so if you are the, the two or three people who have not watched the season finale of The Mandalorian, uh, perhaps you just want to hit pause after we get done with our news segment, go watch the show, and then come back and listen uh, to the rest of this episode. Uh, we, we don't want to spoil Seriously. anybody. We would we would feel horrible if we, we ruined the surprise for you. We would, but we still want to talk about yeah, it. So. So, so we're fair warning. So the, the year is just winding down here, and uh, season finale of The Mandalorian aside, 2020 uh, kind of remained on brand with uh, several hacks, security breaches, lawsuits, <laughs> and at least one steaming pile of bad game code uh, to really close out what's really been just an awful year. Um, it ended almost the way it started with intense suckity. Yes, this, this is, so. uh, you know, they, they say, uh, I guess every century there's just one really bad year, and I guess our, our turn came round on the Wheel of Fortune. But but let's get the the big uh, the big sort of scary one out of the way first. Uh, the giant massive hack on U.S. government departments uh, that apparently has been going on since maybe March uh, and still seems to be ongoing. Although oh, nobody knows, nobody says they're still looking into it. Some people are blaming other countries. Uh, a lot of people are blaming one country. And this seems to be uh, creating, uh, to quote those noted philosophers, the temptations, a ball of confusion. Now, uh, but I read a ton of stories on the the giant hack of U.S. government departments, and I thought Wired uh, had a fairly good summation of where we stand now with it. Of course, the daily papers and news sites uh, are bringing you the the up to the minute coverage, but Wired is really good at doing the the overview. For those of you who maybe have been avoiding the news just because you are newsed out, or uh, you were trying to play cyberpunk, or you just had other things going on, just a, a little recap here. There was a a hacking incident that involved the uh, U.S. Departments of Homeland Security, Commerce, Treasury, the State Department, several private companies, and who knows who else. This was discovered earlier this month that there had been this huge uh, network security breach, and most people are uh, pointing their fingers at hackers hailing from Russia. This spring, the hackers apparently compromised otherwise run-of-the-mill software updates for SolarWinds Orion, which is a network monitoring tool that's used widely across government departments, which may also be a part of the problem. But what the hackers did was they managed to get a hold of these updates and, you know, how an operating system or an app says, hey, I've got an update. Uh, Would you like to update? And unless it's Adobe Flash, you usually just say yes because, like, okay, whatever, and I'm on my work network and this is fine. Poor Adobe Flash. Yes, you know. Stake in the grave there, but the um, yes, indeed. 
because the hackers were able to get this and, and nobody was really getting alerts about it, and it was from quote-unquote trusted code that had been manipulated to distribute malware, all of the stuff sort of got on in these networks without detection. And the government only learned of the breach from FireEye, which is a cybersecurity company, uh, after FireEye itself got hacked. So this all kind of came about because... They, uh, they, the company with the hacking tools got hacked and then they started to look and they started to look and realized like, oh, gee, this is not good. And I think they're finding some private companies now have been infiltrated. Nobody knows quite sure if this was just straight up espionage. Were they taking data? Was it a mix and match do it all while you're in here? And then the, the sort of back and forth about who, who is to blame. I think most people are coming down on, on the side of Russia, just uh, the hallmarks of a, a Russian espionage attack. But it's going to be ongoing, and I think it's just going to take a while to unpack all of this information. So, so that was kind of the big one. Now, in a separate hacking incident, uh, the BBC is reporting that 36 Al Jazeera journalists were targeted with spyware that exploited a security hole in the iPhone operating system. Citizen Lab at the University of Toronto analyzed the incident and published a report concluding uh, with medium confidence, you know, not full confidence, not big confidence, but medium confidence, that two attackers uh, were working on behalf of uh, the Saudi Arabian and United Emirates governments and were the ones that were spying on the Al Jazeera journalists. Uh, The security hole seems to have been patched in iOS 14, but Citizen Lab found the flaw in at least iOS 13.5.1 on the iPhone 11, so not super old equipment here. So if you have not upgraded your iPhone software and you are a journalist at Al Jazeera, maybe you want to do that. And we're going to have more on iOS 14 in this next item. Despite the three antitrust lawsuits against Google and two lawsuits against Facebook here in the United States, big tech might be starting to feel some heat, but that hasn't stopped Facebook from going after Apple. This is sort of tied into, you know, Facebook is is too dominant or whatever. But the social network has mounted a public campaign against the fruit-themed toy maker of Cupertino over the new app tracking transparency feature that is built into iOS 14. Now, this new feature will require apps to request permission from users before tracking them across other apps and websites and sharing all their information with third-party data brokers. As you can imagine, Facebook would rather not make users aware of this practice as it could be bad for Facebook's bottom line <laughs> since this is a large chunk of Facebook's business model. Yeah, it's their whole business model. Come and uh, if people realize that they're being stalked all over the web, <laughs> then, then they might have feelings about that. Yeah. But Facebook's big you know, PSA-style campaign around this is saying that Apple's going to hurt small business because the small businesses won't be able to make good use of the targeted advertising services Facebook offers if people opt out of Facebook's stalking. Oh, darn that Apple. Yes. Now, what Facebook leaves out of this nicely boxed outrage, though, is that it's Facebook and the third-party data dealers selling your information that are probably going to be making most of the money here, a small business, not that big a slice of pie. And as it's been pointed out, Apple isn't blocking Facebook from tracking you all over the place. It's just pointing out that, hey, Facebook would like to track you. And how do you feel about that? Would you like them to do that? Here is a permission box. If you would like to be tracked, go right ahead and let them do it. And so they're just basically giving you the knowledge and the power to decide for yourself if you'd like to be stalked by targeted advertising. But Facebook is very upset about this. And we talked briefly about this a few months ago when the squabble first started and now it seems like Facebook is, is gearing things up, and we haven't gotten into full antler whacking, although uh, Tim Cook did tweet a little aside 
talking about the app transparency feature and uh, showing a sample shot of what that dialog box would look like. And the app in the dialog box just happened to be Facebook. So just, you know, com- complete coincidence. Yeah. So so we'll, we'll see how this goes. I am not personally, I don't know if they've actually released this feature yet, if it's going to be in a dot upgrade. I haven't seen it come up yet, and I'm sure I'm getting stalked all over the web. So I'm, oh, I'm yeah. kind of waiting to see w- when this appears on my phone. How do you feel about the app transparency tool? I think it's about time. And uh, as you know, I, I think you might know, I don't use Facebook anymore. Did you know that? I, I believe did, I, that you I, might have left it. Uh, I might, yeah. I might, it's been over a year now, I think. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's over a year. Wow. A year sober. And would you, um, <laughs> would you uh, say yay or nay to other apps uh, of the social persuasion that might want to stalk you around the, the interwebs? Would I say yay to them? Uh, no. You would say no. Meow. It would be a, a a very hard pass. Yes. From me. I mean, you know what? I don't want to be stalked as much as I love shoes. Let's be honest here. Yes, and you have a fine collection of, of footwear, as I Thank recall. You. I haven't used many of them over the over the last eight, nine, ten months, except for your slippers. For my slippers, yes, my comfy slippers. But I don't want to be tracked. And told I should buy this pair of shoes that I happened to look at for 10 seconds two days ago. That stuff drives me crazy. Yeah, it's and it's a little, it's kind of creepy. Like, and even if you like clicked on something by accident, like legit accident, and then all of a sudden you see it in your feed everywhere. Yeah, and they're selling that information to God knows who. Yeah, that, that and and that's Apple's whole point of doing this is that they're trying to get the reputation as a privacy company. That's why they don't know your passcode, and so that's why people can't get into your phone. It all has to be you. And they want to make you aware of, of your privacy and how iOS is a private OS. And I'm sure they have a dongle they want to sell me. Yeah, right? yeah, the, the, the I mean, privacy you know, dongle. Yeah. yeah, they're a privacy dongle. That's yeah. what they're going to sell me. But I'm kind of leaning towards Apple in this uh, brouhaha, in this Donnybrook. Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting because Facebook is not the only dealer of personal information to no. data brokers either. No, uh, definitely not. And I'm, sure, uh, even, I'm sure Google is kind of concerned. And Yeah. Uh, I, every, every app nowadays, I mean, seriously, every app nowadays has some sort of tracking mode built in now. Yeah. It's, that's, it's par for the course. It's what you're... You know, especially if it's free. What do we always say? Yeah. If you're if you're not paying anything, you're the product. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So so there's that, and, and and Apple has repeatedly, especially in recent years, pointed out that that unlike Amazon and unlike Google and unlike Facebook, they are not collecting your information to sell you more things uh, per se. Like you, you're if you looked at something on Amazon or whatever, they they you're paying money for. Your hardware and yeah. and and that's that. You know, they I, I assume they do. You know, know what you listen to on iTunes, but uh, they are not in, in the process of brokering your data as the other companies may be. That's a it's a very small thing, but I appreciate it. Yeah, so, so I mean, they they have their own evil in other ways, but when it comes to this, dongles, less, yes, dongles, white plastic doodads oh, for nineteen dollars. Hate them. So, so we'll see how that, that antler whacking comes out. But speaking of Apple, uh, however, the company yes. has closed about 100 of its Apple stores here in the peak holiday shopping season wow. due to the worsening uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Apple stores in California and Tennessee, as well as stores in Germany, the Netherlands, and parts of the United Kingdom have all been shut down temporarily as a, a public safety measure. But again, J.D., I have to ask, 
How united is it? Not really. And they yeah, got to make a decision here because this whole Brexit thing going down on the 31st of December. And at last I heard they had not agreed on how they were going to leave. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. mean, it's, uh, isn't it like way past time for that? Uh, well, they, they blew past one deadline and then they wrote themselves another deadline. And now they're going to keep talking. And the thing that seems to be hanging them up, and this is a, a huge diversion, fishing rights. So as, as no matter how nice. high tech we have come in this world, comes back to the ancient art of fishing. All about the fish. Yeah, so, you know, and this is fish with an F, not the the hacking kind either. Yes. So, so there, yeah, so, so the United Kingdom, they've got this super mega strain of the coronavirus is 70% oh, more please. contagious. Just, and don't, don't start. Don't yeah. start. So I just, that's, that kind of like totally threw me for a loop. I'm like, I knew there was going to be mutations around because it's a virus. It's what it does. But, you know, they got to come with the beefy. Like the beefiness, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, ugh. Yeah, it could just be a simple thing. It's got to be a super spreading mm-hmm. mutation. Yeah, no, just go on that website and see where your place in the vaccine line is and then stay inside for another six months. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm way on the back of the list. Yeah, and no, I'm going to like watch everything on Netflix by the time this is over. Anyway, so, so, so moving on. Uh, so Apple stores are shut down temporarily until curves are flattened again that's amazing though i mean apple stores closing i yeah. never thought i'd see that yeah, yeah unless it was for a redesign or because they had 27 in the name in the area yeah that's heavy yeah that's real heavy yeah yeah and, and it's temporary you know it's just we're gonna you know you can't come in here because you might get the covid um so maybe they'll open back up again in, in january but I, I think they given all the merchants in those two i'm sure they're locked up and boarded and sealed up and and inventory is out of there uh, while they are empty Oh, you better believe it, yeah. So, so moving on, uh, the great Cyberpunk 2077 fail, uh, which was also par for the course here in 2020. Yep. As millions of fans, including 8 million people who pre-ordered this thing, very anticipated title for almost a decade, pre-ordered it sight unseen, were largely outraged by the bugs, glitches, and other errors in the code that made the game unplayable on some platforms. Now, I've heard... Varying degrees. Apparently, some of the streaming services, it was not as bad, but a lot of the consoles, especially older consoles, people were just, it was awful. It was unplayable, as the New York Times reported in a very detailed overview, uh, quote, since the release of Cyberpunk 2077 on December 10th, thousands of gamers have created viral videos featuring a multitude of glitches and bugs, many hilarious, that mar the game. They include uh, tiny trees covering the floors of buildings, tanks falling from the sky, and characters standing up inexplicably pantless while riding motorcycles. And I think this pantless thing is called the full Donald Duck, I guess. Uh, this one has really <laughs> taken off. Oh, Keanu. Yeah. But Keanu, Keanu, Keanu. Yeah, the, the, this, this was going to be the marquee game of the season, and it's it been in the works for a decade. It's the same game company that did The Witcher 3 thing is based over in Poland, and it has just turned into this giant rolling downhill snowball of fail. And wow. I think Sony was giving refunds for people who'd bought it for, for their platforms. I think Microsoft was doing something similar. I am not a super uh, hardcore or even a console gamer. I'm, I'm strictly casual, you know, shoot down the Nazi planes, you know, for five minutes and then go do something else. But the, the people I know who were living for this are, are just like, you know, it's just been – all of their hope has been smashed here because they were basing, I guess, their next three months of indoor life on playing this game. Funny thing is that uh, I have I have been embracing the gamer life a lot lately. In fact, very soon I'm going to be doing a, a review of some gaming keyboards right here on this little podcast of ours. Mm-hmm. 
but I was sick and tired of the hype for 2077. It's like, okay, Keanu with a metal arm, nice, whatever. And he's got like the Barbie hair. Mm -hmm. He's rocking the Barbie hair in this thing. Yeah, whatever. Stop. Leave me alone. I, I know it's coming, but, you know, enough. So I was not one of the people who have been affected by this. But, you know, the pantless motorcycle, maybe that's a feature, not a bug. Yeah. You know, maybe that's Easter the way egg, they're going to do it in 2077. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it's something. So you've been gaming, though, but you're, you've always been more of a the PC yeah. gamer as your Absolutely. first go-to platform. Anyway, Absolutely. Right? And uh, I've been uh, – I'm also going to talk about this down the road, too, is I've been – playing on virtual machines oh. basically on the uh, i've got a service called shadow and i'm going to be joining a couple of other services and do a bit of a shootout so to speak of course mm -hmm. pardon the pun and see which one works best for me because i've decided i'm not going to buy a pc i'm going to play virtually mm -hmm. that's my goal so i'll talk about it on the show soon too yeah, i mean with the processors and broadband uh, it's really close to a lot of the gap uh, where you we used to have Absolutely. to have a dedicated uh, machine for a certain platform. Yeah, I will. I will say, so far, I've I've been fairly impressed mm -hmm. by what I've experienced so far, and I I'm even surprised by the fact that apparently the youngs are really into PC gaming now. At least the fourteen year old crowd and the ten year old crowd, because my daughter's friend she just went out and got herself a gaming PC oh. and the princessin is also interested in getting a gaming PC as is my son. So yeah, I, I think there's kind of a retro thing too for that general. Cause I've, I've noticed that like elder scrolls and you know, yeah, some of the yeah. games that, that go way back to a lot of the, the height of the PC gaming are, and even though they're 15 or 20 years old are, are coming back around. And, and so I don't know if this is how, like we would get nostalgic over music from the 60s and they're saying, oh, video games, let's go back and look at you know, what people were playing 20 years ago. And oh, this isn't quaint, but it's actually kind of good because a lot of those games had really good gameplay and the game mechanics oh, yeah. were great. It's just the graphics were a little chunky, but but we lived with it and and, and things got better. But uh, I guess for that generation, you know, maybe this is their sort of way of, of doing the retro. It's their vinyl. Mm -hmm. It's their vinyl, you know, vinyl renaissance. And let's be honest, playing on a keyboard with a mouse is so much better, yeah. folks. It's just so much better. I mean, I get it, the console, the the, the gamepad, but please, you don't, you can't even convince me. But anyway. Anyway. Sorry, cyberpunk fans. I don't know what's going to happen with that game, but. I might just buy it to see the tanks fall out of the sky. Yeah, it, just, it could just you know. be, you know, it could just be a, a, a festival of fail. Yes, a festival of fail. Yes. And finally, and finally, while the year-end news has been largely a bummer, uh, let us not forget the technology has helped many of us get through this year uh, to oh, the yeah. point with the gaming. But first of all, a big salute to all the scientists who worked together to get a COVID-19 vaccine created and already shipping across Amazing. the world. Uh, and to the healthcare workers and first responders who put their lives on the line to help sick people and also, in so many cases, help them stay in touch with their families through iPads and smartphones and ways to let them connect when they couldn't connect in person. I was actually thinking about this just yesterday. Imagine if we didn't have all this technology available yeah, to us. Yeah, what they do in the 1918 flu? That must have been well, They must have listened to the radio. Was there even radio back then? Uh, I mean, it, it was very weird. I, mean, I don't think there was a big commercial radio till like 1922 or, you know, in there. A lot of books. A lot of books reading. Yeah, and then they had the telephone. I, I saw a Bell telephone ad, and it wasn't 
precisely from the pandemic of, of 1918. I mean, it might have even been a few years before, but they were talking about if you are in quarantine, you know, use the telephone to stay in touch. And I was like, well, that, this is kind right, of... Well, there you go. They had their technology. Yeah, th- th- that was what they did at the time. And back then, before there were a lot of vaccines for things like polio and, and other stuff, they, they had pandemics all the time. So uh, I guess uh, your, your telephone uh, came in handy there. So Yes, yes, indeed. So yeah, that technology has helped immeasurably, especially video conferencing software, which Ugh. you can see and get the real-time interaction. You do have a screen between you, but you can see and hear each other in real time and react accordingly. And I can't imagine what it would be like without it this time. I guess we'd all be on the, the telephone. Yes, we'd all be on the telephone. Yeah. So, so as much as this year sucked, uh, just imagine how worse it would be if we didn't have the internet to tie us all together. So, Let's hear it for technology. Yes. Thank you, Tech. Thank you, Tech. And this has been a short look at uh, some of the news in the headlines this week. If you'd like to know more about each of the stories we talked about in this segment, you can find it all on a little show page called poptechjam.com Up next, we're going to talk perhaps about Star Wars. JD. Pedro. Did you watch Mandalorian? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes! Oh, my God! Hey, have we mentioned that we're going to spoil? I mean, it's going to be rancid. Yeah, yeah. So many spoils. Yeah, we're, we're just going to be uh, spoiling left and spoiling right. So this is right. your last chance to, to your last exit chance. the turmobile and go sit back in the on the bench there. Yeah, yeah. You can skip ahead until the end, or you can come back after you've watched Mandalorian. And honestly, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Seriously. Go watch now. now Seriously. This season, just taking the, 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 the wide-angle view here, this was a really strong season for this it show, was. I thought. Only eight episodes. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the that's the, the the price we're paying for the for the COVID situation, and it's not coming back until 2021. Yeah, so, late 2021, I think maybe 2022, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think I think they're going to do the Book of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and I hope those of you who watched watched until the very end. Yes, there's a credit sequence. Easter egg. Yes. Yeah, so, so the Book of Boba Fett was an unannounced project that they just kind of threw into that credit sequence because. The week before, Disney had its investors meeting, and this is where we go and we brag on all the stuff we're going to do so that our stock price goes high. And they unveiled tons of new Star Wars series, they did. 10 Star Wars series, 10 Marvel series, and 15 Pixar and Disney animation series, all that were going to roll out on Disney Plus between now and 2023. And so, so people who are in love with these franchises just must have passed out on the spot. I got to be honest with you. I'm uh, I'm not a big fan of the Marvel movie universe. There are a couple of shows that I want to watch. I will watch I She-Hulk with Tatiana Maslany. I do want to watch She-Hulk. I want to see WandaVision. Yeah. I do want to see that. But other than that, I really don't have. I mean, Falcon and, you know, the Winter Soldier. Meh. I, I was meh on the Falcon, but the Star Wars properties definitely want to watch. And, you know, the Pixar and Yeah, the, yeah. The and Disney the Marvel, stuff, I was but. kidding. You know, Ironheart looked like it was a, a project that they probably wouldn't have done 10 years ago. I'm interested to see how they do 
the the um, Iron Man spinoff Ironheart and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which I guess they got James Gunn back. He, he had a little problem and they fired him and then they hired him back because he really is the, the Guardians of the Galaxy director. Yep. Yep. And he's uh, making Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but he's also doing a holiday special, which will hopefully be better than the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, no, I hope it isn't. That would be brilliant. You, you want, you want it, it to just... be like delicious cheese? Yes, if it was just brutally bad. When is this holiday special dropping? Uh, I'm not this? sure if this is uh, – it's not for this year. Oh, okay. It'll be down the road. But the getting getting back to our, our main point of focus, though, yes, uh, the Star, Star Wars. Wars series. Mandalorian. Yes. Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, which wasn't even in the list that they originally announced because when they had no. this, this Disney thing, they, there's 10 Star Wars series for Disney+, Plus, which is a huge – Yeah expansion of this franchise remember when we would get like one movie every three years yep. and yep. the the clone wars and the animated series helped fill the gap for some people some people just didn't like the animation and, and didn't watch and they wanted to wait for the, the oh, real the clone life stuff. Wars was great except for that weird sixth season mm-hmm. which was really heavy on yoda but clone wars was great so, so and this is probably going to reinvigorate some interest in that and probably get more people to disney plus but they're going to have Patty Jenkins, who directed the Wonder Woman movie that's coming out yeah. on Christmas Day. She has got Star Wars Rogue Squadron she's going to be directing. I believe this is the first woman to uh, direct a Star Wars feature film. Nice. And uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who is sort of running the Lucasfilm, Disney, Star Wars conglomerate here, was sort of rolling these out. So Andor is a Rogue One prequel series uh, oh. focusing on Diego Luna's Cassian Andor character. That's in production. That's going to debut in 2022. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, Rogue uh, One was a really good movie. Yeah, that that was. I think it's kind of one of my favorite Star Wars. Mine of the too. First. Mine too. The one that sort of raised an eyebrow for me was the Ian McGregor coming back in the Obi Wan Kenobi yep. series with Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Reprising the roles from the prequel trilogy, the the trilogy that people love to dump on the most, that's going into production next March, and I'm not sure when it's going to debut, but I assume this will be a pre-lightsaber battle on the volcano planet when they were still getting along. Yes. So, uh, so that Who one's knows? coming out. Might be afterwards. Yeah, the, yeah. They guess it did. Really, was a bad breakup. So, yeah. <laughs> you love the the Rosaria Dawson as oh, Ahsoka. She She's getting a direct spinoff She's here spin-off. by Favreau and Filoni. So it's it's the team that's been doing the Mandalorian. So the Ahsoka show and the Rangers of the New Republic uh, is also another one. Um, so they are doing these, and these are all going to be kind of in the Mandalorian's timeline. And they're saying that all three shows will intersect in a climactic story event, which to me makes me think of the comic book crossovers where. Everyone sort of had their, their yeah. storylines in this, and then there's yeah. one big. So they're they're clearly uh, putting that the comic book crossover and the whole Marvel universe way of just making people watch every single episode of everything all the time to make sure they don't miss a story point. Hey, I'm there. They don't have to worry about Clan Rosado because we are we are going to watch. Yes, uh, Lando is getting a, a spinoff series here too. I uh, heard that, but I don't know if it's Donald Glover. I hope it is. Yeah, they, they have awesome. said uh, for sure, and I think people are hoping that it's, it's Donald Glover reviving his take on Lando Calrissian from the Solo movie in 2018. Yep. But the creator of that, Justin Simeon, who does Dear White People, uh, is going to be doing the Lando TV show. There's also going to be a female-centric series that they're billing as a mystery thriller that's set in the final days of the High Republic area. That's called The Acolyte. And Leslie Headland, who did Russian Doll with uh, Natasha Leone, is running that one. So I, I will watch that one, too. 
Yeah, that sounds. That was good. one of my favorite things in the in the Mandalorian finale. Uh, before we can get to the last scene, is just the the four women who were blasting oh, away. That was brilliant. It was epic. It was awesome. Yes. I mean, I love every second of that, especially the way Fennec and uh, the the oh, Cara Dune, Cara Dune, the way they were playing off each other. That was so awesome yeah and katie sack off in anything i will oh, watch so. please and she and the, she's playing the perfect character yeah it's bo-katan she's been yep. quite effective bo-katan and you know they're tying again they're tying in the the animated show with the sword and mm-hmm. all that stuff and and are you gonna mention it are you gonna mention it oh the the the, the bad batch Oh, the Bad Batch. Of course, the Bad Batch is on the list. It's the follow-up uh, animated series uh, to Star Wars: The Clone Wars. So you yes. must be extra excited about that. I'm like seriously, I really enjoyed it. At first, I didn't like it, mm-hmm. but then they kind of grew on me. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that, and so is my son. We're both looking forward to it. Yeah, I must admit, I, I was listening to a video uh, that was unveiling all of these uh, Star Wars titles, and I was like, "The Bad What?" It's like, "Oh, Batch." Okay. Yeah, they Where were are they a, going a, here? Yep, no, they were a, very, a big part of the last final season of Clone Wars. So, so now they're getting their own animated follow-up. Uh, there's a, a uh, it sounds like a the sort of experimental anthology a short film thing called Star Wars Visions. Uh, that looks and fascinating to be yeah. shorts from 10 different Japanese animation creators that's coming out in 2021. Uh, makes me think of a sort of more animated version of the short treks like they were doing on Star yeah. Trek Discovery. Just little sort of close-up moments of some of the characters and scenes. I like um, those very much, by the way. Yeah, there's uh, one called A Droid Story, an animated series from Lucasfilm Animation uh, that puts R2-D2 and C-3PO back together in a new adventure. Ah. So, uh, so so that will be uh, coming as well, but it's just tons of stuff. Um, and then, of course, we're going to have The Mandalorian come back at some point. Yeah, so Mandalorian. So we, we talked about the, the four women who got the blast their way onto a light cruiser. That was and epic. Like, totally yeah, that epic. was. This is the scene that had I seen when I was ten. You know, if I would have seen this, I would have totally gone into filmmaking and just wanted to keep recreating oh, that scene please. over and over again. My, my daughter was just like punching the air. So was my wife, and you know, she's not a big action person. It was exactly what needed to happen. Mm-hmm. For any schmuck out there who still thinks that a woman can't be an action hero, you just got to watch that segment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was beautifully done. The actresses were clearly having a fine time. It was choreographed beautifully uh, from a fight perspective. And that whole episode was – and it was one of the longer – because a lot of the Mandalorians were about a half an hour this season because they were just tightly packing everything. And this one I think kind of relaxed a little bit. And they had enough to fill it. Oh, they certainly did. They certainly did. But from start to finish, it was just – Brilliant. And when we get, you know, we finally find out who the mystery Jedi is, although I don't think it was that big of a surprise of who it was. It was like, who showed up? Would you like to spoil that part? Luke freaking Skywalker. Yes. Mark Hamill de-aged. Yeah. They actually had an actor who stood in for him, who was, who looked kind of sort of like a young Mark Hamill, but then Mark Hamill did the voice. Yeah. They kind of CGI'd Mark Hamill's I would I guess Return of the Jedi era face. Yeah, he, that looked about the, and it was the same wardrobe from that uh, Return of the Jedi yes. period. Yes, the fact that and they could keep it a secret that nobody knew that, that Mark Hamill had worked with him for a year is amazing. It. Yeah, it was. It, it's amazing to me that they were able to keep it a secret, and you know they did a pretty good job with the CGI. It wasn't as bad as 
Rogue One. But yeah. I guess what? They've got two years on? Three years? Yeah. Well, I think it was a different process, too. It was a little more organic. I think the Peter Cushing and the, the Carrie Fisher that they did in Rogue One, because they didn't have the actors anymore to work with, they had to purely go with code. Yeah. And here yep. they could blend more with existing footage of the actor. And even if he filmed some of the stuff at his current age, I think the software can de-age him a little bit more naturally. Yeah. You and get a little bit into, yeah. less of the Uncanny Valley. Yes. And that was exactly what I was going to say. There was a lot less. I mean, you could still see it, especially around the eyes, mm-hmm. but it was nowhere. It did not take you out of the experience at all. I yeah. mean, it was just shocking. I, you, I Once I saw the cloak, the hood, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, there's no one. Who else could it be? Yeah. And then the black glove. And then just yeah. the way they pretty much, and I don't know if it was a shot for shot, but the way Darth Vader came down yes. uh, at the end of Rogue One, just slicing and dicing. And you see Luke Skywalker doing that in this scene. I the- was just going to say that because it, 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 just like Rogue One established Darth Vader, as this is why we were terrified of him. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't just a, you know, this is why. Yeah. And, then, and, and and to that point, that's exactly what they did to Luke Skywalker. This is why he took out those dreadnoughts like nothing. Mm-hmm. Those dark troopers, like they were like sliced bread. It was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, so much fun to watch too, since, you know, we, we knew those dark troopers had flown back yep. and, and were pure evil. Yep. Tons of like wonderful action scenes and just a lot of homages to earlier bits of the Star Wars universe. But the scene that got me, and I was curious as to your reaction uh, since I'm not a parent, but that scene when the Mandalorian is saying goodbye to Grogu because he's oh, and he touches his face. Yeah, and and he takes off his helmet and just Pedro Pascal playing that scene is like every dad who grew up on Star Wars just must be bawling their eyes out at this point. Are you kidding me? All of us were. Everyone in my household was tearing up. And crying. It was unbelievable. We were all like, I'm not crying, you're crying. Yeah, and, and, and deep down, you know, and, and I think people got this like with E.T. even back in like 82. is like, you know, deep down, this is a piece of rubber or it's a piece of code. Yeah. And you know, it's not real. Yeah. But because they've infused so much life and character into it over the season, like you are hook, line, and sinker into that yeah, scene. that's it. That's it. And I mean, it's funny though, too, because to your point, it is obviously, and I think they do it purposely it is obviously a doll mm-hmm. there's no there's no way around it you know yeah. you can see when they're picking the thing up that it has no weight whatsoever you know yeah, when you pick like up a baby opera, like, yeah when you have fake babies because you can't have infants on right on separate from it's like yeah you know they're not winging that around like it's a real baby but that's again that's classic star wars right mm-hmm. i mean that was the beauty of watching empire strikes back you know that yoda was a puppet mm-hmm it was a Muppet, for God's yeah, sakes. But Frank Yoda Oz was, was a Muppet. so good, yes. just with yes. the dialogue. And, and the way, you know, I mean, Star Wars has never really been heralded for its acting, but the no. way that, that Mark Hamill and playing with, with, you know, the Yoda puppet with Frank Oz, right? You know, there was a believable relationship. You Absolutely. Know, they, they bickered, they, you know, they got along, Absolutely. didn't get along. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so that final scene where, you know, he takes off his helmet and, you know, it just kind of shreds you at that point because you've been oh. so invested in, in the lone wolf and cub type uh, relationship of these two characters throughout the entirety of the series. And then now it's like, well, what are they going to do next season? You know, so everyone's little wheels are spinning. And I guess, I mean, if, if, if we're going to prognosticate here, Grogu's not going to be on the season Probably at all, or maybe yeah, or he comes back as like teenage Groot, you know, halfway through. Yeah, exactly. I hope not because Baby Yoda was is is too adorable. They still got dolls to sell. 
Yeah. It was a logical conclusion to that particular storyline. People, you know, because Mandalorian is such a fan service show, I think he will come back at some point. I'm curious to see if uh, they're going to have the the titular character go off with the other Mandalorians and help them get their... Well, he uh, has to because of the sword. Yeah, so I think we're going to see a lot of Katie Sackhoff. Yeah, uh, which is never a bad thing. Yeah. Give, never give a bad thing. Dark she saber was, fights here. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's the whole thing. But if, if according to lore, he is now the ruler of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. We've got Bo-Katan, who was desperately wants it back. Yeah, she's got so, some, you some know, family cred here at stake. Right. Oh, please. I would watch Katie Sackhoff do anything. I yeah. mean, she, she was great in Flash. She was on The Flash for a mm-hmm. few seasons. And please. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think even she's perfect. Two episodes of this show, I wanted to go back and watch all the Battlestar Galactica again. Well, me. it's funny you mentioned that because this episode especially had a real Battlestar Galactica vibe mm-hmm. with the Dark Troopers, you know, when they're coming out and, oh, and yeah. just marching in unison and stuff. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, they gave me that old school Battlestar Galactica vibe, Cylons attacking. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to her still being on the show. I hope she is. She has to be. I know. She can't leave us now. Yeah, she can't um, leave us now. Yeah, so, so all in all, this was, and the fact that, that the last few Star Wars movies have not been completely fulfilling for a lot of people, I got more out of this final episode of The Mandalorian so second season than I think all three of the the final trilogy movies, you know, it, taken as a whole, like how it would take you back to your original how you felt when you saw Star Wars for the first time and yeah. just that kind of giddy kid-like feeling where you get that little zing up the spine and it's adventurous and you kind of think you know what's going to happen, but then something else happens. And it was just so well done and so compressed into 45 minutes of really – and the CGI was great. The CGI was fantastic. The whole series is like a film. I mean, the quality of the show – is unbelievable. It's got to be hugely expensive to make this show. Mm-hmm. So the the fact that it's continues to be, I, I'm assuming, still the biggest show in the world, because at one point that's what they were talking up. But the thing about it, though, to be honest, is they went back to what made the original Star Wars movies fascinating to me, is that they were all, all three of the first movies were all genre movies. Mm-hmm. They were all genre movies. And the prequels, not so much. Not Let's not talk about them. Now, yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And the new movies, they were just literally redos of the first three movies, but not even close to the quality. Yeah, glossy and more expensive. And, and, yeah. and the thing that, that you know you get with The Mandalorian, and maybe this is just me, but I, I think we're, we're hitting a lot of the same points here, is the relationships between the characters are just so much more organic and yes. simple and pure and, and you care forced. About yeah. yeah. And mm. it, they're very unassuming and they draw you in. And yeah, the Mandalorian is about a, a guy and then he's found this kid and then they're traveling around, but you it's just, a simple story. The, yeah. The little moments of just when he's, you know, hanging out with the kid or they're playing with the knob on that, the accelerator or whatever is it's just this very, very simple things, and it just really creates this relationship, and that was the core of the, the original Star Wars movies to me, is just like That's the right. banter between Luke and Leah and Han Solo, and some of the characters were, were pretty much archetypes, but they were so well acted and even underplayed at some point that you just very, felt very comfortable with them. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly what's going on here. This is a Western. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a Western. It's a samurai movie. It's all of that. It's all those genres. 
mixed into this Star Wars universe, which was what the original movies were. Mm -hmm. It was Throne of Blood. It was whatever Akira Kurosawa movie you can think of. Mm -hmm. It was The Magnificent Seven. It was all of that. And that's what made it so much more effective than the the prequels and the, the, the sequels. That's why I'm hopeful that the new series, while they may not be as good as Mandalorian, at least they've got a template now that they know works. Yeah, and, and they put in some really interesting creators too, where these people are going to have their own takes on this too, and I think that can only expand and diversify and make a lot of, of the Star Wars universe you know, feel more representative to people. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, we could gas on about this for, for hours, but I think maybe we should let folks yeah, yeah. get on with their lives. Yeah, they, they probably know how we, we feel now. Um, and enjoy the rest of the eating season. Yes, but uh, but yeah, it was such a relief. So if you haven't, well, we just spoiled the heck out of it for you. But uh, but if you if you did watch it, and you know we're, we're looking forward to two more Star Wars. There's plenty more coming down the pike here. Yeah, let us know what you thought. That would be fun. You know, you guys know how to reach us. Yeah. So so the the year is is running out here. I don't know if we will have time to do another episode uh, before 2020 drags its yeah. you know, mangy carcass uh, off the calendar. But. <laughs> So, so we'll probably be back early in 2021, I'm guessing. Yes, yes. There's not a lot of tech news going on anyway. Yeah, so we, we hope that uh, all of you out there, wherever you happen to be quarantining, isolating, trying to keep sane, we hope you continue to do so and make it out of 2020. Uh, I think that's the goal here now. <laughs> yeah, my philosophy is 2021 can't be any worse. Yes, so so uh, just uh, stay alive out there. Stay alive. And thank you so much for listening to us this year and all the years before. And we will uh, we will be back uh, in a few weeks, probably, uh, with a, a fresh new year. And hopefully yes, indeed. A fresh new take on something. We'll have, we'll have some discussion about the Wonder Woman movie that's oh, going on Christmas. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I, I, my TV's on its way. Yes. So uh, thank you again, listeners. Thank you, bros, for sponsoring yes, us. Yes, thank you. Builtbybros.com. Build something with the bros. So until next time, everyone stay safe and sane and a happy new year. Happy new year. <laughs>